Okay, let's begin Parshas Vayeshev. And a little bit about Hanukkah, Tavshin Ein Zayin. Uh, as we always do, we will focus mostly on the Parsha, but at the end, one or two thoughts we'll have in Yana Diyomar related to Hanukkah and uh, next week as well. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which day it'll be up, but we'll have a, a Parsha here up next week, also related to Miketz and, and Hanukkah. So we start off with the first lines of the Medrash Rabbah on this week's Parsha. The Medrash always clues us in, usually quoting Psukim elsewhere in Tanakh, relating to stories <coughs> in the Parsha. Uh, Parallel, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar got that idea. That's why he starts every one of his parshios with the Pasuk in Mishlei, having a discussion, an essay, and then relating it to the first Pasuk in the Parsha. But the Medrash is the, is, are the beginnings of that idea. Say the Tanaim in the Medrash. Vayeshev Yaakov says the source number one. Ksiv, the Pasuk says in Yeshayahu, Bizaakech Yatsiluch Kibutzayich. When you scream out, Yatsiluch Kibutzayich, your gatherings will save you. Tanei, learn, kinuso v'kinus banav, hitzilu miyad esav. His gatherings and the gatherings of his children saved him from esav. What exactly does this mean? What exactly the gatherings saved you during your crying, and that somehow relates to Vayeshev? And if we might add, maybe we could even view this as somewhat of a title to the whole parsha. We think about this Parsha, one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting Parsha in the entire Torah, Yosef and his brothers, ending on a cliffhanger, what's going to happen? The end of Parsha's Vayeshev, right, the selling, again, a tragedy uh, in the terms of Mechiris Yosef, and we have the story of Yosef and Asha's Potiphar, a lot going on in Parsha's Vayeshev. Could in any way we understand this first line in the Medrash on this week's Parsha as being a title of a running theme between all the elements and all the parts in Parshas Vayeshev. Again, the Pasuk in Yeshayo, B'zakech Yatsiluch Kibutzayich. Says the Nesiva Shalom, says the Slanam Rebbe, yes. Because the Medrash continues and explains itself. Right, what does the Medrash say? Kinuso v'kinus banav hitzilum yad esav. The coming together of him and his children, that's what saved. Miyad Esav. Miyad Esav, we have to go back a Parsha. Says the Nesiva Shalom, throughout life, each of us and each of the Avos had Nisyonos, went through difficult times, challenging times. It is always easier to go through something when we are connected to each other. When we're connected to at least one other person, then... Life itself, life's challenges itself becomes that much easier. He doesn't mention it, but I'll add in. Isn't it amazing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the human being as lo tov heyos adam levado? The goal of life is not to be an individual. The goal of life is to be a couple, a man and a woman. That's how Hashem designed life. Because as the Tzitziva Shalom says, life is meant to go through together and not alone. And in that way, we can uh, succeed in all of our challenges. And we find this throughout all the stories that we have already read in Sefer Bracious, as well as the ones in our Parsha. Says the Nesiva Shalom, now let's read his words. After he says what we just said on line 6, The fact that Yaakov and his sons came together, Being alone... He had to run away. Yitzchak and Rivka sent him away. He was alone. But on the way back, he comes back with the Shiftei Ka. He comes back as a unit, as a group. And that is what protects him. Divrei HaMedrash Halalu, 
These words of the Medrash light up the idea and give us insight into Achdus that we find amongst the Avos. He says, let's even think back to the Akedah. This he quotes the Svarim Akadoshim. Akedah means tied up, tied together. Akud, his kashrus. What was tied? So literally, obviously the simple interpretation, Yitzchak was tied down to the Mizbeach. But on a deeper level, the Akedah bound Avraham and Yitzchak. They were there together, and that's how they succeeded. Avraham and Yitzchak nektu, v'skashru zemzeh, v'nechla mashir v'skashru b'bidoseyem. You might even say the midos, chesed, gvura, the midos of Avraham and Yitzchak. After the Akedah, Hashem says, ati adati. Now I know because you're a Yireyel, Okim, because you connected to Yitzchak. And they were together. And he's, that's why. Amazing. It's not pointed out by others. There's a phrase that appears twice. On the way to the Akedah, Vayelchu Shnehem Yachtov. It appears twice. Why twice? So Rashi quotes, yeah, even after Yitzchak realized what was going on, he's still Vayelchu Shnehem Yachtov. Explains it to Siva Shalom. No. One is to emphasize that Avram bound himself to Yitzchak, and the other is to tell us that Yitzchak bound himself to Avraham. They bound each other, bound to each other, and in that way were able to conquer and succeed. To pass a test alone, it's possible, but it's much harder. That's why it says it Pamayim Lashon Yachtov. Number one, by the arcade. Number two, Od Matsinu line twenty-one. In Lavan. When Yaakov is ready to go back and leave Lavan. We all remember, Yaakov says to his brothers, Rashi quotes, he doesn't have brothers. It means his sons, but they, they stood next to him. No, says the Nesiva Shalom. He called them brothers because it was Achva. It was the unit that was going to protect. It was the Banim as Achim. Sheves Achim. He quotes, Shekara Labanav Echav, Ki Lavanu Banav, Hayyubchinas Yechida, the Klipa. Lavan and his children, they came as a unit. So the only way for protection is Yaakov to have his unit with his children. And that's why he calls them Echav, Remez al Koach Ha'achva. And then finally, when they come back, Back to Eretz Yisrael, Yaakov with his children, all together. That is how they're able to conquer Esav and not have Esav affect them. When's the only time that there was a problem? Vayivasar Yaakov Levado. When he was left alone. When he left his family. When he left his brethren, who happened to be his children. At that point, the Sarah Esav started attacking. Because then he wasn't miskasher with anybody. Line 35. They have the power. Esav has the power when we are alone. That is all relating to what happened in previous parshios. Now, says the son of Rebbe, this is also the theme of this week's parsha. Parsha Vayeshev, and that's why the title, so to speak, of the Parsha is the Pasuk in Yishayahu. And the next line, Kinus, the coming together of Yaakov and his sons. They saved Biyad Esav. But then, we might say it was the Pirud that led to Yerida Mitzrayim. Second column. Divine 
Ratzon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's divine plan was that we had to go down to Egypt, we had to go down to Mitzrayim to be there for a certain amount of years, to be the Kur HaBarzel, as it described, in order to become a nation. The birth of the nation had to come through Mitzrayim. How would we get down to Mitzrayim? HaKadosh Baruch Hu had, had played behind the scenes in order to create Pirud, so to speak. Separation. Obviously, there was still Bechir HaChavshis by the brothers, but the Pirud had to be there in order to cause what happened afterwards? Midasadim wouldn't have been able to affect them while they were all together. He caused the period in the Shifteka. He orchestrated a little bit behind the scenes to eventually lead into what happened. And even many point out that Yosef, when he goes to look for his brothers, his father sends him. What does he say? He's looking for the Achva. He's not interested. But what does the Ish say? We spoke about this Ish in previous years. The Ish was Malak Avriel. They've traveled away from that idea. They've gone away from the Achva. Yosef, you're looking for your brothers. But the Pirut is Kfar, is Kfar Nikva Etzlan. And then he continues even the same idea later on in the Parsha. How does Yosef save himself from Esau's Potiphar? He connects. He has a hiskashwas with his father. As we know, Rashi quotes the Gemara. How does Yosef save? All of a sudden he sees Yogno Shal Aviv. He sees an image of his father. He connects. He passes the Nisayo, not by himself. But he connects itself to what he learned with his father. Line 31. Quoting the Gemara in Sota. He's all alone. His Yitzhar is getting the better of him. He's able to connect to his father and in that way to pass the test. And that's also why he was all of this is connected. But if we think about this whole parsha, says the Nesiva Shalom, it's all about coming together to pass our tests. And now we can now relate it to our lives. Turning over the page, says the Nesiva Shalom in source number three, we learn from this. We learn from this, as Rashi quotes at the beginning of the parsha. Yaakov wanted to have Shalva. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? That it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. Nobody magiyalahem in life to have leishe b'shalva. Hashem writes our script, right? We just have to play the game. Hashem writes the script for us. Whatever is given to us. Says the Nesiv Shalom, Shekal ha-matzavim ha-kashim bo-rak It's more difficult when there's separateness, when people are acting alone. If we come together, we have koachlis gabar lakol. As David HaMelech says, And he gives the mashal, You have one little candle. It could go out very easily. But if there's a torch, if there's a whole group together, that's a much stronger flame. That could last. Even with a lot of darkness, it could light up. That's how we get through it, especially at this time of Hanukkah. 
How do we get through it? We have to connect to each other. We have to be there for each other. If somebody else is in pain, if somebody else needs something, so we have to be there to allow them to connect to us, as well as our realizing that others are there for us to connect to. So that starts us off. Vayeshev Yaakov, the title of the parsha really is Kinuso, the Kinus Banav Isilum and that is what is going to save us throughout every tsara that Am Yisrael has at B'yas Goaltzed. Okay, moving right along. We get to the dreams. As we have pointed out, Sefer Bracious has many dreams. The rest of the Torah has no dreams. Sefer Bracious has many. It's a Sefer of Chalomos. So we have Yosef's dreams in the parsha. Vayachalom Yosef Chalom Yagel Lachav Vayosifu Otsenooso. They, they hated him more, besides the Ksonas Pasim, they hated him even more. Listen to my dream. What's the first dream? We were gathering bundles, sheaths. My bundle stood up. Your bundles surrounded mine, and they bowed down to my bundle. Bundles. What's the double lasho in Asher of Pincus, source number four? Kama alumasi v'gam nitzava. It stood up, it stood up. It's a double lasho. Kama and nitzava. It's the same, it's the same thing, just different words. What's the double lasho of kama alumasi v'gam nitzava? Right, Rashi quotes Kama Lumasi Nizkafa Vegam Nitzava La Amoda Lamdabiskifa. Basically the same idea. Rashi quotes Zkifa by both of them. So what's the double Lashon? And the brothers, what's the brothers' response to this Vayomrulo Echav, Pasikhes? They talk about Malchus. Yosef didn't say a word about Malchus. He spoke about bundles. In the second dream, after the second dream, they don't talk about Malchus anymore. Right, we'll have to see what their reaction is in a couple of minutes. But they say, Do you really think you're going to be a Malach on us? Come on, Yosef. You're the, you're the second, the youngest And they hated him on his dreams and on his words. We pointed out in previous years, on his words, the Meshachachma, he didn't only say it, but he said it besimcha. He was happy about it, and that's what they were upset about. And Moshel and Melech, the Vilna Gon's words, we mentioned in past years. But again, let's focus on the double Ashon. What's the double Ashon of Kama and Itzava? And number two, what's the, what is, what's the brother's response of, you're not going to be a Melech upon us? Cesar Pincus, source number four. There is a secret conversation going on here between Yosef and his brothers, and it's a deep one which has ramifications for later in history. Tainus Yosef Haisa Shalohu Yimloch Malchus Nitzachas. From the fact that the brothers say, Do you think you're going to be a king? It must be that Yosef was telling them, I'm going to be a king. And the question is, Did Yosef have Malchus? And that's what the brothers were upset about. What are you talking about? Malchus is Malchus based David. Yosef says, no, I'm also a Melech. I'm not only going to stand up, I'm going to stand up forever. That's what the brother said. You're going to stand there forever? We have a Mesorah, Malchus, Tinas, and Yehuda. So the question is, what was Yosef thinking? 
Again, Yosef had dreams. He saw the future. It was somewhat, we'll get back to this a little bit later, somewhat of a prophecy, a little bit of a prophecy, a little bit of a nevuah. So, was it wrong? What does it mean? Right, Yosef didn't have the malchus forever. So, what was Yosef's intention? What was the vision that Yosef saw? The nearest says of Pincus, line five. Bepasik, we know from Sefer Malachim, Perak Yud Aleph. In the times of the son of Shlomo HaMelech, one of the most tragic moments in all of Jewish history, and Yeshayo himself, in Yeshayo, refers to this moment as one of the most tragic moments in Jewish history, when the Malchus split. When the Jewish people split for hundreds of years into two camps, two kingdoms, right? The whole world, since the beginning of time, we were working to become a nation, all the way from Avi Yisrael, and Bnei Yisrael, finally become a nation, and, and in the days of Rachavam and Yeravam, the Malchus was split. But when the Navi comes to Yeravam to anoint him and appoint him, and saying, you're going to be the king, he says to Yeravam, if you don't sin, if you follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you could be the Melech. And there are no limits. Vihaya, says the Navi to Yeravam, line 6. And Yeravam was, of course, from Shevet Ephraim. From Yosef says the pasuk, "Vaya im tishma es kol asher atzaveka v'yalachta bidrachai." You go in my ways. V'yasista hayasher beinai, and you do what's right. Lushmar chukosai mitzvosai kasher asa David avdi v'hayiti imcha uvanisi lecha bayis neman kasher benisi l'David. I will build you a house of malchus v'nasati lechaz Yisrael. Yeravam would have also had a line. It might not have been the main line. Right? The same question could be asked about Shaul HaMelech. If Shaul wouldn't have sinned, would, the, would, would he have had, Binyamin, would he have had a, a Malchus forever? But there was a Malchus there. And it could have been a secondary Malchus, and there would have been the main Malchus of David HaMelech. So with that in mind, that's what Yosef had in mind. But now the question is, he was talking about his Malchus, that he was going to have with his descendants, but it wasn't forever. So what does it mean? He said it's going to be forever, the double lusho. And that's what the brothers said. No way. So what happened here? Explains Rav Pinkett's, but wait a minute. We're all familiar with the Rambam and Hilchas Tshuva, where the Rambam discusses that God knows what we're going to do before we do it. God has foreknowledge, but God's foreknowledge does not prevent or hinder at all our free choice, our Bechir Chavshis. Right? We can't fathom that, really. We don't know how that is, but as we've explained in the past, God is outside of time. He's not on a, there's no before and after when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we can't even ask the question. It's like he's looking into the, like watching a video. So the people in the video have Bechira to do what they want, but the person watching knows what's going to happen possibly. So says the Rambam. In Hilchas Shuvah, line 10. Be'emesi diyas ha'asido so seres ha'sabachira. Raki diyas ha'kadosh baruchu. Eino so seres ha'sabachira. God's knowing does not take away bachira. And therefore, when Yosef saw, it wasn't like ha'kadosh baruchu's knowledge. It was the knowledge of a human who knows something that possibly could be, but not something that vadai would be. That's the difference. Yosef sees something, but he sees it in a way that it might turn out, but it doesn't have to turn out that way. That was why it was a chalom. It wasn't completely a nevuah. It was Yosef's vision and yediyah, 
Line 13. The fact that Yeravim sinned. That was not revealed to Yosef. If Yosef would have been shown Yeravim sins, then that would have meant that Yeravim had no Bechira Chavshis not to sin. That's why it wasn't shown to him. Because a person's knowledge, if I know something's going to happen, that removes Bechira Chavshis. But Nevuos Joe Yosef, as he writes, were Chalomos and not Nevuos. And that's a big difference between vision and knowledge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and knowledge of a human being. Line 16. Sheba Nevuah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Modi Adam is Dvaro. When Hashem lets somebody know, V'zei Adai Nisha Dvar Hashem. And the Navi says, Ko Amar Hashem, Aval Chalom in Yanom HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Omer Adam. And that could change over time based on Bechir Chavshis. And that is the difference why Yosef sees and the brothers say back, no, 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 Malchus Beis David is forever and ever no matter what, no strings attached. But your Malchus, whether it's Yeravam, whether it's Shaul, you also might say, they're both from from uh, from Yosef. Uh, I'm sorry, they're both not from Yosef, from Yaman, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeravam, they're both from Rachel. Uh, that also, that's the difference between the two. And then he just gives another example at the end, turning over when HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu that Paro would not let them out. Another idea where Hashem says, Hashem says to him that I know that that's not just Moshe's idea. That's not just a halom. Paro doesn't have a choice right now because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said it is his idea and therefore it's Vada'i going to happen. But that is the secret conversation going on between Yosef's first dream and the brother's reaction. What are they bringing in Malchus for? No, 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 it's all about Malchus. Yosef, want, Yosef is one Bechar, but it wasn't meant to be. His, his visions did not fully come, because it was only what could happen, but not what would happen. Okay, we continue. So that was the first reaction to the dream, the reaction to the first dream. So now we have a second dream. Pasuk Tes. He has another dream, he tells it to his brothers. Right, Yosef, he knew his brothers weren't interested here, and he still says it, which is, Chazal already say, it was, it was youth, youthfulness, maybe a little immaturity, uh, Chazal say. But The sun and the moon and the stars were all bowing down to me. He says to his father, his brothers, And his father now comes along and steps in. What, now you think? Again, saying this to try to make sure the brothers don't, don't uh, get upset. Right? His mother was dead. The brothers were jealous. And Yaakov is... Shamaras Hadavar, Rashi Yoshiva Mitzapa Masai Masayavo. The question is if we look at the verbs that were or the descriptions of what the brothers how the brothers felt at the time after the dreams. After the first dream, what does the Torah say? They hated him. Sinna is discussed. After the second dream, Vayakanu Boechav. Jealousy. Why after the first dream is there hatred and related to the first dream is hatred and the second dream has jealousy, has kinah? 
What's the difference between the content of the first dream and the content of the second dream? The brothers were not jealous by the first dream. Does not say kinna. Only says kinna by the second dream. Says the Beis Alevi. We're heavy on the Achronim this week. There is Shiurim. Some are heavy on the Rishonim. Some on the Achronim. So this week we have on the Achronim. But again, based on, based on Chazal. Says the Beis Halevi. Source number six. Vayikana bo'echav. Vihaynei. Bachalom harishon. Ksivayasifu od. Sino oso. Al chalamosav al dvarav. No marbosina. Shinitosav lema lavsina. Hatred. Ubachalom hasheni. Nomar vayikanubo. Kina. What's the difference? There's a difference between them. Right? Kina, where which is worse, one might say. You're not allowed to hate a fellow Jew. You're not allowed to have kina. Right? Losachmod. Right? Losisave. Right? They're, both of them are problematic. But what's the difference between between the two of them? Says the Beisalevi Veha Inyan. Line number six. The focus of the first dream is Gashmias. It's Olam Hazeh. It's Osher. It's bundles. It's sheaths. Throughout the Torah, what do we find people doing? We don't find people getting diamonds. We find people having major tzvua. The rain comes. What's the brach in Shema? I'll give you all the rain, you have a lot of tfuah. Tfuah, that symbolizes riches. Big sheaths, that's riches. That's osher with an ayin. And what's the illusion? Yosef's going to be in the middle. All the other brothers are going to be around. Symbolizing that Yosef is going to be the center and the supporter in the Gashmi world. And they, their bundles bow down. What does bowing down mean? They will be dependent on him, which as we know took place. The second chalom, sun and the moon and the stars, that's not physical. That's not gashbius. Right? As, as many point out, there are different levels of being. Right? We are in Earth, you were in the lowest level. Then comes the the constellations. Then come the malachim, and then on top of everything, so to speak, is the Kodesh Baruch Hu. So b'chalom hasheni herulo yisrono alem b'inyan ruchnius. No, he was focusing on spiritual superiority. K'mosha amar b'nei Hashem es v'hayarech achad asar kochavim mishtachavim li asher Hashem asar kochavim romzim al seder hanhagas haolam hamunag besidron shal yud beis mazalos right the constellations asher yiyah hamerka shal kol yud beis kochavim v'tzadik yisod olam Yosef will be in the center and they will be surrounding him. That's the content because this is the content. We now understand the different reactions of the shvatim. When it comes to the riches and the Gashmias, the brothers weren't jealous. That's not the Midah. They weren't focused on Gashmias. That's not what they were looking for. Because after all, if somebody is rich, it does not reflect anything about their essence. Because property and possessions are all external of a person. That doesn't define who we are. 
Kiloni Tosef al Yadam Shumaila Beetsem El Ha'ashir Yosem Ani. Inherently, is an Ashir a different person than an Ani? Inside, no. He has more stuff, but he's not a different person. Ve'enam Rak Maila Shchinit. Right? It is. It is next to. He has stuff. Avo Ba'atzmusam Ha'ashir Ani Shavim. But inside, they're the same. So saying, I have more stuff than you, is not saying that I am higher than you in any way. There was no kinna there. There was no jealousy. There was hatred. Because you're saying, I'm going to be dependent on you. I'm going to need you. No, no, no. Yosef. So they didn't like that. But that's not kinna. They weren't jealous about that. It wasn't like they wanted to be in the center of the Gashmi world. Aval, bimalos, haruchnios, but when it comes to the spiritual pursuits, the heim, Torah, vavoda. When it comes to Torah and avoda, kikomi, shuhu, gadol, mechavero, anybody who's greater than their friend, nitosif, ha'ilui, be'etzem adam. If somebody is greater in Torah, we believe they're a different person. We, if greater in tefillah, greater in my connection to Hashem, every mitzvah shapes who I am, affects what my spiritual personality is. Every time I go up a spiritual ladder, I'm a different person. If I get more money, I'm the same person with more money. If I do another mitzvah, if I'm deeper in Torah and Avodah, I'm a different person. That's not hatred. That's jealousy. Your mahus, your essence, is going to be greater than ours in spirituality? No, no, no. That, 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 that we want. That you're taking something that we hope to be. And that's why he says, And they're only going to be Makane in the Ruchnius world and not in the Gashmias world. Remember, sometimes we get this confused, right? And we think that that possessions in Gashmias define who we are. They're not. It's just external, right? It's not coming with us. We mentioned a number of years ago the unbelievable thought of Rav Schwab at the end of Parshas Matos, where Rav Schwab contrasts the two last psukim in Parshas Matos. Talks about Novach and Yair, Novach named cities after him, and Chazal say that Novach cities were, he named his cities Novach, and those cities ceased to exist after a while. Chavos Yair, Chavos Yair, those cities lasted, all the way in the times of Yoshua. What's the difference? That's what Rashi quotes, says Rabbi Schwab there. Because Novach named the cities Novach. His cities were him. That was his identity. That's how he identified himself. He is his, he is his possessions. He is the car. He is the, whatever it is. Yair? No, Yair is Yair. These are Chavos Yair. These are the suburbs of Yair. It's not him. David Amalek says in Tehillim, Va'ani Tfilah. I am Tfilah. That's me. That's part of who I am. I'm connected to that. And the brothers recognize that difference. And that is why they were upset in the first dream, but they were jealous about the about the second dream. As we the, the Bali Musar say that Bashamayimimao, we always have to look up by Ruchnius, we always have to look at people who have more than us. By Gashvius, we have to look at people who have less than us. Right? And the brothers looked at people who have more than them and they were interested in it and didn't want to hear that anybody had more.
Okay. So that's the first part of the parsha. We have the dreams. Now we get into the action, and that is Mechiras Yosef. Mechiras Yosef, Perek, Lamid, Zion. Here the brothers go out. And Yaakov tells them, Vayomer Yisrael, we've quoted in the past also, it's fascinating to go through the, all of these parshios and see when is Yaakov called Yaakov, when is Yaakov called Yisrael. When he's more on the national theme and the hand of God is behind what he's doing, he's Yisrael. When he's personal, he's Yaakov. So we have the whole story. The brothers sell Yosef, we discussed in the past of the Rashbam Shita, Maybe they threw him in the pit and that he was sold. But either way, there's a fascinating question that a certain student asks Rabbi Yaakov Kabanetsky. Source number seven. Sha'alni Talmud Echad. Eich Tzarech Lahazbir Mashesipra Torah Sipurim Elo Alachay Yosef V'chi Einzeh Begeder Lashon Hara how do we have the story of Mechiris Yosef? Isn't it Lashon Hara? If we would print in the newspapers what happened in a certain family, you know, one of them saw this, and it, we, we would, it was like, wouldn't it be so nice? We are being mafarsing, we are publicizing a sin. If you're talking about a Russia, okay. You were talking about the Shiftekah. I'd say, how is it? How, would they, how is the Torah, so to speak? What's the point? Isn't it Lashonara? Obviously it's not. But how do we formulate an answer to that question? Serb Yaakov says, I gave one answer, but I wasn't satisfied with that answer, so I'm going to give another answer now. Aval be'emes line 8, be'emes kushya me'ikara lesa. This isn't Lashon Hara. There wasn't Lashon Hara here. Because says Rabbi Yaakov, you know, often we say, and often people say that it was, like the Gemara says about Shabbos, kol omer david chate eno latoa. Kol omer, these people were chote eno elatoa. They're making a mistake. So says Rabbi Yaakov, those types of chazals, there is a way to understand it. Some people say, oh, that's a joke. They're just trying to take away the sin. There was a hate. Nobody is, is saying there was no hate. But there is so much depth to the actions. And we have to realize that in our world, it would be a totally different scale of how to weigh what a hate is and what a mitzvah is. Because there are so many giveaways in the story, says Rabbi Yaakov, that yes, they sold their brother, but it wasn't out of total rishus and wickedness, even though that's how you might read the story on the surface. Because he says just by way of example, by way of example, let's think about what happened. So they decide to, let's read some of the psukim and then we'll see Rabbi Yaakov's words inside. What do they say? They say, oh, he's coming, he's coming. They say, let's kill him. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. Let's say a wild animal ate him. And we'll see what's going on with his dreams. Reuven comes along and says, no, 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 no. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him in the pit. Okay, fine. What do you mean, okay, fine? If they really hated him so much, that they wanted to kill him, and it was, every fiber in their in their body was saying he's a dead man. We hate him. How they how they listened to Reuven? It was ten against one. Maybe Binyamin wasn't there. Okay, Binyamin wasn't there. Yosef wasn't there. Nine against one. But all of a sudden they said, okay, fine. Okay, we won't kill him. What they do? They threw him in the pit. And they sat down. Then he was sold. Then what happens? Reuven comes back. 
But first Yehuda says, You know what? Let's not kill him. Let's sell him. Okay, fine. And they agree. No arguments, no nothing. Let's sell him. Reuben comes back to the pit. He sees his brother's not there. We'll get back to that. And what does he do? He tears his begadim. He is in terrible by Yikres begadav. Why did he tear his begadim? Was, didn't he hate his brother? He was a little different. He was the one that threw him in the pit. And what the brothers? The brothers don't say anything to Ruvain. Ruvain, what, what, what's the problem? And what happens? They continue. They make up the whole story. They go back. And right after this whole story, what did Chazal say? The next pas, the next parak, Vayered Yehuda Meisachav. The brothers start blaming Yehuda. It's all your fault. You're, you told, what do you mean it's all your fault? They all wanted to kill him. Obviously here they think it was the wrong idea. How, how do things change all of a sudden? First they want to kill him, then they don't want to kill him. Then they say, okay, let's do this, and then they sell him. And then they get upset at Yehuda for the whole, the whole story. There's something much deeper, says Rabbi Yaakov, going on here. They're going back and forth. And I'll, I'll give you another proof that there's something deeper, says Rabbi Yaakov. Later on in the Parsha, Yosef Atzadik, right, he's trying to overcome the temptation of Asia's Potiphar. Chazal tell us, in Masechah Sota, he thinks to himself, if I do this Avera, I'm not going to be allowed on the Choshen Amishpat. We know the 12 Shvatim are all going to be on each, one on each stone, on the Choshen, when Aaron is going to wear. If I do this, I'm not going to be allowed on. So he was able to overcome. What about Mechiris Yosef? They're all on. No problem. They sold their brother into slavery. And yet... Nobody talks about their being off the Choshen Mishpat. So what's going on here? Says Rabbi Yaakov, you have to say, again, on their level, for sure it was a chait. And we paid for it in history. And later on, you know, uh, the, the non-Jews, you know, the Asarage Malchus, they say we're connected. But there's much depth to the story. Says Rabbi Yaakov, line nine. And Chazal say this, but sometimes we read this like, oh no, come on, that's not the pshat. But Rabbi Yaakov says, if you think about all these questions, it has to be that they felt halachically this is what they needed to do. They felt that he was a rodef. What do you mean a rodef? Remember, up until this point, there was always somebody who was banished. Right? Yishmael was banished, rejected. Esav was rejected. And now all of a sudden the brothers see Yosef, the favoritism, and now Yosef is telling us these dreams. Are we going to be rejected? Are we going to be lost from... Well, no, but we, we, we know, Baruch HaKodesh, that there's supposed to be a lot of Shvatim. Yosef, you're going to try to get us rejected? See, he's endangering their existence. So that's what the brothers, they had this issue. Killing him, getting rid of him. It was a little fuzzy. And then they saw all the pain that it caused their father and they realized this was not what we should have done. But it wasn't out of pure hatred and wickedness, explains Rabbi Yaakov. And that's why, again, we're giving all the answers now, then we'll read it. That's why it's not Lashon Hara. Because it's not just Stama wicked. They thought they were Lashem Shamayim. Line 10. Not because they perverted the din. Their names are on the Choshen, which is Machaper, the Gemara in Zvachim says, is, brings atonement for perversion of justice. 
And then he says, Madua, another example, right? Famous question, which we'll get back to also, by the Hashem. Why didn't Yosef send a postcard, right? A little bit to your father, right? He was in pain for so many decades, so many years. No, because then what would happen? What, the brothers would just come back and kill him then in Egypt? That wouldn't help. Yosef had to prove to them, as many point out, that he wasn't trying to be Rodef them. If he would just let Yaakov know and they would know, they wouldn't think anything changed. Oh, he's still alive? And again, even though we talk about sinna and kinna, but it wasn't simple like the kinna and sinna that we have. And then he writes on 32. Some say this is Jewish. Come on, Rodev, Halacha, but he says, Hamaayin Hatev, Bechola Parsha, Yerichadavazem, Muchach Mitocho, Vieshar, Shilolo Markane. Right, we can't say that this is something that, just like we have hatred and we have jealousy, so do they. Yes, we can learn from it, but we can't put ourselves on the same level. And then he brings the Raya's that we mentioned relating to the changing of Das and towards the end turning over he says that's how we have to understand these these ideas. Okay, moving right along. So let's get to the Psukim that we just read quickly about Ruvain. So Ruvain, according to Chazal and it's clear from the Psukim, was not there when Yosef was actually sold. Whether he was actually sold by the brothers or like the Rashbam says, People were, nations were walking by, they saw him, a lonely guy in the pit, they picked him up, they sold him. Either way, what happens? Pazachavtes. Vayashav Ruvain al-Abar, Ruvain goes back to the pit, Vehine and Yosef Babar. Yosef is not there. Vayikres Bagadav. He tears his clothing. Where was Yosef, where was Ruvain? Says Rashi, Ubemechira Salohayusham, he wasn't there during the sale. Shigia Yomolelechul Shameshes Aviv. It was his time to go serve, everybody took turns, right? Serve being Mishamesh, Yaakov, number one. Dover Acher, number two. Asukaya Bisako Uvitaniso. Ashabil Bel Yitzue Aviv. He was doing tshuva for what he did with switching the beds. Whatever he did with, with Bilha and, and Leah. So Reuven was involved in tshuva. Says the Medrash, beginning of source number nine. Vayashav Ruvain al-Bar vahinein Yosi Babor. Vehechan haya, Revazar, Omer, Besako, Vatanisa, Al-Masha, Bilbo, Yitzuwe, Aviv. Ukishet Nifna, when he came back, Halach, Vehitzis, Laoso, Abar. He looked in the bar, Amr, Leah, Kaddish, Barachu. He came back and he was still had Shuva on his mind. Hakaddish Barachu says, Me'olam lochata Adam lefanai v'yasa Shuva, v'yata pasachta b'tshuva t'chila. Nobody's ever done Shuva like you, Ruvain. You're the one who opened the gates of tshuva. Chayecha, sheben bincha omedu basech b'tshuva. Tchila, your descendant is going to start with tshuva. And that's what Hosea says. Shuva Yisrael, ad Hashem alokecha. Ruvain and tshuva. And the question is, what was unique about Ruvain's tshuva here? And what do you see from this pasik of Vayasha Ruvain? According to the psalm, Kayin did tshuva, Adam did tshuva. There are other people in history that did tshuva. So what's unique about Ruvain's tshuva? Says the Jerushim Lechefzehem. We haven't quoted him in a couple of years. He's a Rav in Ashkelon, Rav Moshe Dovalner. Says the Jerushim Lechefzehem. Reuven Osek Besako Betaniso. Vekam Neged Kalechav. 
He stands up, and remember, we said it earlier, a minute ago, all the other brothers were against, especially Shimon and Levi. Reuven stands up and says, what an avla! And he rips his clothing. What did he expect the other brothers were going to do? He doesn't care. He does what he realizes. And what and the, what happened the first time? They wanted to kill him. Reuven says, no, 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 let's let's not kill him. And he goes to save him. Who are you? But he tears his clothing. Why is he tearing his clothing? And he seems, and this is the key point, to be also taking responsibility. He tears his clothing. What did we do? Remember during the whole conversations in next week's parsha, Avala Shemim Anachnu were guilty. It doesn't say that Ruvain was saying, well, I wasn't there. It wasn't me. He took the blame also. That's the sign of a Balchuva. Because up until this point, we've had people who have passed the buck. Adam, it was her fault. Chava, it was his fault, the snake's fault. Right? Always passing the blame. Kayin! Oh, what? Why do you accept my carbon? Ruvain even takes responsibility where it wasn't even technically his fault. That's someone who stands up. Ke'ilu hu asa koma shenase. Halalo hayalo shum chelik b'maisa pesha. It wasn't him. Hakol nase de shara achim. Ubechalzos. Ruvain lokach hakol al atzmo. He took it all on himself. Ke'ilu hu asa levado. Bazeh. That's a gadol. Heres gdulasa v'darki tshuva. He was somehow connected in an, in an indirect way. That is about tshuva. Adam Arisha, Blakam Chuva, he said, Ha Isha Shanasati Madi Kayin, Kitas, Kala Retzach Al Hevala Nirzach. You were Poseach Pachuba Trila. You tore your clothing. That's Shuva. Accepting responsibility, especially for our own actions, but even maybe for indirect actions that we caused. Going above and beyond, that is the world of Chuva, and that is what we learn from the Jerusalem Lachepseya. Okay, one more thought on the Parsha, and then we'll have two thoughts on Hanukkah. Skipping now, we don't have time this year, talk about uh, Yehuda and Tamar, and Asha's Potiphar again. Every year we try to have different focuses. Let's go to the end of the Parsha. The end of the Parsha, we have more dreams. More dreams. We have the, the Sarha Mashkim and the Sarha Ophim. But if we look all the way at the end of the Parsha, all the way at the end, we know that Yosef Atzadik tells the Tells the Saramashkim, you know what? Please put in a good word. Put in a good word when you see the dream comes true. And the last Pasuk tells us, Yosef Yosef is not remembered by the Saramashkim. Rashi quotes, Yosef because Yosef told him, please remind the king about me, who's Kaklios Asr Shanim. Two more years of punishment. And that's next week's parsha. Mikeshon Asayim Yamim. Shenemar, as the Pasik says, Ashri Agevash Hashem Hashem Miftacho. Praised is the man who has bitachon. Velopana El Rahavim, and who has not turned to those people to rely on. Velopatach Al Mitzriim Hakruim Rahav. So, the end of the parsha, we have Yosef trying to do a little hishtavus, but Chazal pick up on him and says, they say that it is wrong. 
And the question that many of the Mepharshim ask is, what exactly did Yosef do wrong here? So he did a little hishtablus. That's so bad. Right? There's hishtablus emitachan. All he did was, you know, just, you were just remind Paro, you know, I interpreted history, I'm a good dream interpreter, and, you know, if he ever has trouble, this, yeah, this shy question. We always say that you do a hishtablus. Right? What did Yaakov do in last week's parsha? He prepared for Esav, Doron, Milchama, and Tefillah. Right? Chizkiyo HaMelech, when Sancherev was surrounding Yerushalayim, he does Hishtavos and he davens. But, so what was wrong? What was wrong with a little bit of Hishtavos here? Says of Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, Chachmas Chaim. Recently got my hands on it. Says the Chachmas Chaim, and source, let's turn over to 11. Source number 11. The same idea that was made famous by the base Halevi in Parshas Vayigash, the Chachmas Chaim says on Yosef's actions. If you think, if you remember back, a Ramban that we discussed many years ago, probably in the first year, nine years ago, the Ramban discusses why Yosef acted how he did to the brothers, why he didn't send a postcard to his father, why he acted sternly, he didn't tell them who he was. The Ramban says, because Yosef felt... We discussed earlier the difference between Chalomos and Nevuos. But Yosef felt that his dreams were somewhat of a Nevuah. And he had to do all he could in order to help them succeed part of, uh, and be fulfilled. Part of that was to not do anything. Not to send a postcard. Not to identify himself. Let nature take its course. Yosef stayed on the sidelines because that's what he felt he had to do. Line 16. Yosef was such a balbitachon. Obviously, he definitely wanted to sail. He knew how much pain his father must be in. But he was kovish as yetzer. And he said, no, I'm not going to reveal because I know these nevuos have to somehow come true. I don't want to blow it. And he doesn't. And he says, let HaKadosh Baruch Hu do his plan and I'm going to stay put. And that's the first half of the Pasuk. Rav Chaim Zonifel is also bothered why the first half of the Pasuk says, Ashrei, the Pasuk that Rashi quotes. Ashrei, he was a Babi Tachon, but for Lopan El Rahavim. So Yosef was a Babi Tachon. We see here he stayed on the sidelines. But the problem is then at the end of the Parsha. What it has to do with himself, Yosef does some Hishtabas. And Yosef gets involved. If you didn't, if there was no other earlier action in your life, fine. But you stood on the sidelines when it had to do with your father. But you didn't stand on the sidelines when it had to do with you. That's the problem. That's the inner contradiction in Yosef. On such a high level, he wouldn't send the postcard. So don't ask the Saramashkim. Don't you think Hashem has it worked out? Just like he has it worked out for your father, he has it worked out for you. And that was the problem. Because on the level that, for us, of course, it wouldn't be a problem of Ishtablus. But on Yosef's level, who he acted in such a way with his father, that's why he was held accountable as the Beis HaLevi writes on Vayigash, the worst tochacha that we can have is when Hashem shows us inner contradictions within our own life. Maybe we'll review that a little bit in a couple of weeks. Okay, last two thoughts. One is a story. It's not really a thought. 
What is this story? And it really has nothing to do with Hanukkah, but it's a great story, and it's in the Chashuke Chemed, Rav Zilberstein Sefer on Hanukkah. It's just a story, and then, but it's a, it's a great Musa story, and it's a story that we can use every Shabbos of the year. So it's one of these great back pocket stories. The story is as follows. About ten years before Rav Yashiv was Nifter, he quotes in Source 13, his father-in-law, Nir'ata Amma Yehudi, Lishmoa B'Sorah, Rav Yashiv got sick, he needed to have an operation. And all of Klai Yisrael were davening, Bokeh Rikiyim and Baruch Hashem, the operation was successful. It was a little bit before Hanukkah. When Shabbos Hanukkah came, that's why it's in this, in this Sefer, it was Shabbos Hanukkah came, the B'nai wanted to be Mesameach Rav Yashiv. Give him a little simcha, he just went through a tough time. So they got a special chazan. Not sure who this chazan is. They got a special chazan to daven. Bal tefila miyuchad kadesha yaver tefilas musaf shol Shabbos. Unbelievable chazan, wonderful. See, he comes daven's musaf and rovashiv shul. They see all your yavish is shining. Vayashiv is is in shamayim. Unbelievable. Baruch Hashem. Good. Vayashiv goes home to eat, and after he eats, he sits down. He sits down to learn. And the family goes over to him and says, Rebbe, Rav Yashiv had a minog. He only slept like four hours a night. But he had a minog. Then on Shabbos afternoon, he took a little nap. Took a little nap after the meal. And they said, Rebbe, what's, what's going on? Manishtana. Hashabbos hazemikol hashabbosos. Says Rav Yashiv, you don't understand. Why do I sleep on Shabbos? Because I want to sleep. I mean, if for me, I sleep because she ain't a Shabbos tainug. I sleep for Onik Shabbos. Hashem says, I'm supposed to enjoy Shabbos a little bit in the physical realm, so I sleep a little bit. I already got my enjoyment for today. Davening was unbelievable. I got my extra own egg, so I have no right to sleep. That's why I'm sitting down to learn. When we sleep on Shabbos, when we eat on Shabbos, when we enjoy ourselves on Shabbos, is that L'Shem Shabbos or is that L'Shem me? We have to try to do our best if we're trying to fulfill Oneg Shabbos, it's not Oneg Rosner, it's Oneg Shabbos, right? It's not Oneg, it's, it's, um, sacred enjoyment. It's not just using Shabbos as an excuse. We always have to have that for Shabbos, we have to have that for Yantav. Enjoy ourselves, but also recognize that it has to be spiritually motivated. Good. One final thought related to Hanukkah. A couple of questions, some of them well known. And maybe some not. Number one, why there's so many levels, and this is said by the Mishka Mitzal or Basal Radinsky in his Sefer on Bracious, he writes in Source 14, a couple of questions, let's mention two or three of them. Number one is, we don't have any other mitzvah, Neris Hanukkah, that have so many levels. Neris Ubeso, Mahajan, Mahajan, and Mahajan. There's no mitzvah like it in all the world of mitzvahs. Question one. Question two, the Yavanim targeted specific mitzvot, as we know. Most of them are understandable. There's various sources. Torah, Shabbos, Brismila. All of those are pretty defining. But then there's Rosh Chodesh. What is it about Rosh Chodesh that the Yavanim couldn't handle? Why were they so upset at Rosh Chodesh? Okay, it was the first mitzvah that we got as a nation. But what was it about Rosh Chodesh? Number two. And other questions as well. But let's go to the answer. Fascinating Ha'ara. We know what's the source for Hidr Mitzvah. One of the sources is, or the Gemara says in Shabbos, Kuflam and Gimel, Zekeli v'anvehu. Elokei aviv, This is my God and I will glorify Him. Zekeli v'anvehu. 
That's the source. I don't understand. That was before Maimed Arsinai. They weren't Chayiv in mitzvos yet. Why were they all of a sudden committing to do Hidr mitzvah? They weren't Chayiv in mitzvos. We discussed in past, in past context. Like the Gemara in Baba Kama, they were thirsty for Torah, three days without Torah, and they didn't get the Torah yet. What were they thirsty for? So a parallel, a parallel discussion. What would they, what would they, they so much wanted to do Hidr mitzvah? They didn't have any mitzvahs yet that they had to do. What they want. So he quotes, based on the Panim Yafos, the Hafla, that there are two ways that a person can be mechanech their children, or even mechanech themselves. I could be the Yira focus parent, or I could be the Simcha focus parent. The Yira, we have to do mitzvahs because the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to give us an Onesh, or this Chava Onesh. Or we have to live our lives that it's so awesome to do mitzvahs. And it's so amazing, and it's wonderful, and we're excited about it, and we're besimcha about it. So obviously the latter is the one that's really going to get into the child, and the one that's going to last, and the one that we have to try to do ourselves. Says the Mishkan B'Tzalel, Hidr Mitzvah, at the moment of Kriyas Yamsuf, when B'nai Yisrael had such a clarity of vision, Rasa Shivchalayam Ashlara Yechesko Ben Buzi, at that moment, they realized how they needed to transfer Torah and mitzvahs to the next generation. They realized that it has to be with a hider mitzvah approach. What's hider mitzvah? Why would I ever want to do a mitzvah in a beautiful way? Only because I'm excited about it and I have a fire lit under me. And I want to glorify I'm not just doing what I could get away with. I'm doing what I know has to be done and needs to be done. And it's the excitement and the newness that I feel with every mitzvah. That's Hidr Mitzvah even before the Torah was given. And that's what's the next Pasik? Zekeli v'yanveyu elokei avi ba'arom emenhu. That's how it's passed down from generation to generation. Mitzvah Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh, symbolizes this idea. Rosh Chodesh symbolizes newness, symbolizes looking ahead, symbolizes positive. That's Rosh Chodesh. And the Yavanim knew that this was the secret. If we get rid of the attitude of excitement and Hidr Mitzvah and Rosh Chodesh, then, then we have the Jews. You know what we have? We have super duper Hidr Mitzvah by Neiris Hanukkah. Mahajim, Mahajim and Amajim. We, we take great oil and we have a nace of oil even though we didn't even need the, the, the nace of the oil. And we have Rosh Chodesh. And this is the Hischadshus that we have. And the way we're mechanech ourselves, the way they were, they were mechanech the Beis HaMikdash, that's the way we have to be mechanech our children too. We should be, be zochet to light the nearest of Hanukkah, kemitzvaso kelchase, we should be zochet to all see the Kohen Gadol. That's a separate issue whether we're going to see, if he's in the Heichal, if I'm Yisrael, I might be able to see. We should know that the Kohen Gadol is lighting the nearest and the Heichal, the Meher of Yameinu. And again, next week, I'm not sure which day it is, but there will be a shear up uh, sometime next week as well.